0: Greetings, welcome to today's podcast. Reading for November 28, 365 Daily Devotional. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, Father God, our Father who art in the heavens, sanctified and holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your ideas, your will be established, your counsel be established in our lives as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily needs, our bread, our spiritual life. Forgive us of the wrongs we've done as we have forgiven of the wrongs others have done to us. Lead us not into temptation, Father. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the grasp of the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. One more prayer. O Lord, that you will bless us indeed and enlarge our territory. That your hand will be upon us and that you will keep us from evil, that it may not harm us. Amen. And God performed what we requested. One more. Psalms 103 verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Amen and amen. Shout with a yes, 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 a resounding hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We will rejoice and give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good and His mercies endures forever. The Lord is good. Shout it out, for His love endures forever. Shout it out, for the Lord's love endures forever. In our hearts, in our households, forever and ever. Amen and amen. Blessed be the Lord God, mighty of heaven and earth, who gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen and amen. In Daniel chapter 5, many years later, King Belshazzar gave a great feast for a thousand of his nobles, and he drank wine with them, while Belshazzar, was drinking the wine. He gave orders to bring in the gold and silver cups that his predecessors, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. He wanted to drink from them with his nobles, his wives, and his concubines. So they brought these gold cups taken from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles and his wives and his concubines drank from them. While they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, he saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote, and his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. The king shouted for the enchanters, astrologers, and fortune-tellers to be brought before him. He said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of royal honor and will have a gold chain placed around his neck, He will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. But when all the king's wise men had come in, none of them could read the writing or tell him what it meant. So the king grew even more alarmed, and his face turned pale. His nobles, too, were shaken. But when the queen mother heard what was happening, she hurried to the banquet hall. She said to Belshazzar, Long live the king. Don't be so pale and frightened. There is a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the holy gods. During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to have insight, understanding, and wisdom. Like that of the gods. The predecessors, the king, you, your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, made him chief over all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune-tellers of Belmont. This man Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar, has exceptional ability and is filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel. He will tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought forth before the king. The king asked him, Are you Daniel, one of the exiles brought from Judah by my predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar? I have heard that you have the spirit of the gods within you and that you are filled with insight and understanding and wisdom. My wise men and enchanters have tried to read the words on the wall and tell me their meaning, but they cannot do it. I am told that you you can give interpretation and solve difficult problems. If you can read these words and tell me their meaning, you will be clothed in purple robes of royal honor and you will have a gold chain placed around your neck and you will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Daniel answered the king, Keep your gifts or give them to someone else, but I will tell you what the writing means. Your majesty, the Most High God, gave sovereignly majesty, glory, and honor to your predecessor nebuchadnezzar, He made him so great that the people of all races and nations and languages trembled before him in fear. He killed those he wanted to kill and spared those he wanted to spare. He honored those he wanted to honor and disgraced those he wanted to disgrace. But when his heart and mind were puffed up with arrogance, he was brought down from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven from human society. He was given the mind of a wild animal, and he lived among the wild donkeys. He ate grass like a cow, and he was drenched with the dew of heaven, until he learned that the Most High God, ruler of the kingdoms of the world, and appoints anyone he desires to rule over them. You are his successor, O Belshazzar, and you knew all this. Yet you have not humbled yourself. For you have proudly defied the Lord of heaven and have had these cups from his temple brought before you. You and your nobles and your wives and concubines have been drinking wine from the wa- from them while praising gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, God, that neither see nor hear nor know anything at all. But you have not honored the God who gives you the breath of life and controls your destiny. So God has sent His hand to write this message. This is the message that was written: mene, mene tekel and parsin. This is what these words mean. Many means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. Tekel means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances and have not measured up. Parsin means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was dressed in purple robes. A gold chain was hung around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Babylonian king, was killed. And Darius the Medes took over the kingdom at the age of 62. Today's study. King Belshazzar probably knew Nebuchadnezzar's story. Nebuchadnezzar was one of the greatest kings in history. The writing on the wall was a message for all those who defy God. Not one who understands that God is the creator of the universe should be foolish enough to challenge him. Although Belshazzar had power and wealth, his kingdom was totally corrupt and he could not escape the judgment of God. God's time of judgment comes to all people, but he delays his judgment to give people more time to repent and turn to him. 2 Peter 3.9 If you have forgotten God and slipped into a sinful way of life, turn away from your sin now before he removes any opportunity to repent. Ask God to forgive you and begin to live by the standards of justice. Woohoo! Beautiful, beautiful writing and stuff. Hey, Amen. What did we get out of that? Out of the book of Daniel? What, what stands out? Well, the, the thing that stands out how the King Nebuchadnezzar became like an animal for seven years and grace on the fields. Can you imagine his servants? Come on, sir, we're going to walk you to the fields and have you eat some dandelions and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it must have been terrifying. But, you know, it's amazing how the Lord gives opportunity for everybody and time to repent, you know. Deep down in our socket of our hearts, we know we're doing wrong, but there's no way to stop. Have you ever, you ever noticed that it's hard to stop when you're doing wrong? And, and even though you cry out to God and you ask Him to help you stop, and, uh, <clears throat> but keep crying out. If you're stuck in sin, in sex, drinking, stealing, brawling, even using credit cards, and you know you, sh- you should stop. Cry out to God. Ask Him. You know, especially that prayer that goes, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from all my enemies. That's in Psalm 18, verse 3. But acknowledge the Lord with verse 1 and 2 first. I love the Lord for he is my rock, my fortress, my salvation, my my redeemer, my love, he is my God. When you say he is my God, you get out of yourself and you put God where he should be. We come out of our arrogance, we, it, we if we say it long enough, we'll tend to believe it and it'll become our truth. Please memorize psalms 18 verses 1 2 and 3 and shout it out to the lord cry it out to him if you know you're doing something wrong that you should be doing that he'll come to your rescue he'll move you out of there he'll rearrange but just keep thanking him when the storm comes to rearrange your life remember he has mercy under you you're standing on mercy that's why you're able to do these things these sins because His mercy and His love and His grace is giving you time to wake up. Amen. Now, more more revelation for the New Living Testament on on Daniel chapter 5. It says, One of the worst types of denial involves refusing to confront our fears and proclaim by drowning them in compulsive behaviors like drinking alcohol, doing drugs, or having illicit sex. While such behaviors may mask the fear and pain momentarily, the root causes that lead to our addictions are still there and may even be getting worse. In Belshazzar's case, the writing was on the wall. Literally, the Medo-Persian army had surrounded Babylon during Belshazzar's feast and would soon capture the city. We need to deal with problems when they arise and not hide behind our dependencies. If we don't act right away, it may be too late to escape disaster. Tragically, it is possible to reach a point when it is too late to enter recovery or God's mercy. We, we, Belshazzar had not learned from the experience of his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, and his time ran out. His pride and arrogance had led them to the point where there could be no recovery. He was killed before the night was over. It doesn't have to be late, too late. We can find recovery when we turn to God. The time to trust God is now, while our hearts are still soft enough to hear God calling. Without God, we may as well apply the writing on the wall to our own lives. Amen. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Amen. Okay, let's go over some of the the things <clears throat> when his heart and mind were puffed up with arrogance. You know, when you have a good patient coming in, you get puffed up. You get your I get my eyes off the word of God. I put my eyes on the television. But it could be my God because it's taking my time and my imagination. My constructive imagination needs to be in the Word of God so it can, it can have fun. You hear me? When we're reading the Word of God, our imagination can have fun. It can imagine what it's reading and, and make a good life for itself. So we honor the God who gives us the breath of life. We honor the God who controls our destiny. We praise Him, and we are at ease and in comfort with Him. Glory be to God in the highest. Amen. Praise the Lord, that we may learn the honor, the glory, the majesty, the sovereignty, the great honor of the Lord. And the Lord honors and gives us destiny. He controls our destiny so, ask him for his counsel, and I said, Which way should I go today, Lord? How shall I plan my coming year? I asked God this morning, What should I do, God? And I heard God tell me, Get on your knees. I got on my knees and I started praising the Lord very easily and wonderfully. And it felt good because the Holy Spirit took over. It was singing songs for about 10 minutes, and then I went into a few prayers. And before you know it, my imagination had me on my feet doing things. While I was on my knees, I found dust under the couch, and I swept it <laughs> Maybe it's a symbol. All right, let's go ahead and switch gears here. Thank you, Jesus. Please turn your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 2. Take a drink of some H2O. Second Peter chapter 2, New Living Testament. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will clearly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teachings and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers the way of truth will be slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago and then the destruction will, will not be delayed. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desires and who despise authority. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. But the angels who are far greater in power and strength do not dare to bring from the Lord a charge of blasphemy against those supernatural beings. Again, but the angels who are far greater in power and strength do not dare to bring from the Lord a charge of blasphemy against those supernatural beings. These false teachers are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at things they do not understand, and like animals, they... Will be destroyed. Their destruction is their reward for their harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are a disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception, even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals. They commit adultery with their eyes and their desires for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people into sin and they are well trained in greed. They live under God's curse. They have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved to earn money doing by doing wrong. But Balaam was stopped from his mad courts when his donkey rebuked him with a human voice. These people are as useless as dried-up springs or a mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting, with an appeal to twisted sexual desires. They lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption, for you are a slave of whatever controls you. For you are a slave of whatever controls you. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better if they would never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. They prove the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to his vomit. And another says, a washed pig returns to the mud. Alrighty, First 1 Peter 1, nine, Incredible reading. Eye-opening. Amen. Let me go ahead and turn there and I will read from the Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 2. I will read from the New Living Testament Recovery Bible because that is going to have... It talks about that our addictions have us in control. We are slave to our addictions. How'd you like that? Are you a slave to your addictions? Are you a slave to alcohol? Are you a slave to pornography? A slave to your addictions? Are you a slave... Oops, hang on. Second Peter chapter two. Here's the article on recovery principle devotional. This has to recovery on all things. If you're a slave to credit cards, to anger, and you're in the things that you want to stop, the word, a slave to television, to American Idol. We would love to have self-control, but trying to find it within ourselves can become as much as an obsession as our primary addiction. The more we try to get a hold on it, the more elusive it seems. According to Peter, self-control is one step in the middle of a large progression. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord, In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promise. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone else. 2 Peter 1, 2 and 7 Self-control is something that comes as we grow closer to God. As we take one step at a time, one day at a time, God will give us his own character, including self-control. Amen. Here we are reminded of the consequences of rejecting God's program and leading others away from the truth. Perhaps this describes the way we were before entering recovery or entering Christianity. Thankfully, God has provided us with the help we need to start again and rebuild our lives according to His will. The consequences of the self-centered pursuit of pleasure and power are terrible. Both of us and the people around us, it is good for us to be reminded every so often that the sudden destruction we are being rescued from. Amen and amen. You know, this article about self-control hit it right on the on the on the head. We should love to have self-control, but trying to find it within ourselves can become as much as an obsession of our primary addiction. How many of us have that obsession? Some of us <clears throat> that obsession of you know, uh Trying, <clears throat> trying different formulas to have self-control, finding different, different knowledge to have self-control, different material to read to have self-control. And, and what this article is saying that as we pursue God in His Word, we're going to automatically receive self-control because the Lord is going to come into us through reading His Word, reading His material imagining the words as we read them, letting our imagination run with his words as we read them. That's the delight that reading his word causes. Then God will give us a grand interest into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What does our imagination tell us when we read that? That's on uh, chapter 1, verse 11 then God will give us a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 10 says of First Peter, Second Peter chapter 1 verse 10. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And let's back off to verse 8. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That was verse 8. But verse nine, those who fall to develop to develop in this way are short sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sin. So how do we develop how we in, in verse five it tells us in view of all this make every effort to respond to God's promises. Okay, what is he saying? He said, Rejoice when the Lord says, I'm going to take care of you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will help you with my righteous right hand. The Lord wants to be with His promises to us. So accept all His promises. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence and knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what we're doing. That is exactly what we're doing with these readings. Amen. Amen and amen. You know, we can we can be uh, sad that we didn't spend more time in the Word in our past, but we have now, and we have the revelation, and let's just go at it. Okay. Jesus has told the disciples the false teachers would come. Peter Peter had heard Jesus' words, and now he was seeing them come true, just as false prophets had contradicted the true prophets in Old Testament times, telling people only what they wanted to hear. So false teachers were twisting Christ's teachings and the words of his apostle. These teachers were belittling the significance of Jesus' life, death and resurrection. Some claimed that Jesus couldn't be God. Others claimed that he couldn't have been a real man. We must be careful to avoid false teachers today. Peter gives three warning signs for identifying false teachers. First, do their lives contain or condone immoral immoral practice? Second, is money the teacher or group's prime of motivation? Third, is the leader offended when you ask for scriptural or factual support for his statements? Believers today would do well to heed Peter's warnings against false teachers. Take time to evaluate what your teachers are saying. Hold them up to the scrutiny of Scripture and ask God to give you a clear perspective. Amen and amen. Praying the Psalms. Think about the people in your life preventing you from following God. Ask God to give you wisdom about those relationships. Or think about the sins and the time wasted that are preventing you from following God, and again, ask God to give you wisdom about these relationships. Again, do you do that by memorizing Psalm 18, verse 1, 2, and 3. I love the Lord, my God, my salvation, my fortress, my high tower, my horn of my salvation, my buckler, You know, you say all these facts about God. Then you say, my God, whom I love, my God. When's the last time you said, my God is my God. (laughs) And then I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my devices, from my enemies. Amen. Psalm 119, verse 113 to 128. I hate those with divided loyalties, but I love your instructions. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Get out of my life, you evil-minded people, for I intend to obey the commands of my God. Lord, sustain me as you promised that I may live. Do not let my hope be crushed. Sustain me and I will be rescued. Then I will meditate continually on your decrees but you have rejected all who stray from your decrees. They are only fooling themselves. You skim off the wicked of the earth like scum. No wonder I love to obey your laws. I tremble in fear of you. I stand in awe of your regulations. Though leave me to the mercy of my enemies, for I have done what is just and right. Please guarantee a blessing for me. Don't let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes strain to see your rescue, to see the truth of your promise fulfilled. I am your servant. Deal with me in unfailing love and teach me your decrees. Give this sermon to me, your servant. Then I will understand your laws. Lord, it is time for you to act, for these evil people have violated your instructions." Truly, I love your commands more than gold, even the finest gold. Each of your commands is right. That is why I hate every false way. Proverbs 28, 19, and 20. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. The trustworthy person will get a rich reward. But a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. All right, guys, we are hard workers, and we have plenty of food. And we don't chase fantasies. What's a fantasy? A fantasy is a thing that takes you away from the Word of God. A fantasy is an activity that pulls you away from God's Word, from devoting two, three hours a day to God's Word. Yep. Someone told me I wasn't going to make it if I didn't read six hours a day. Okay, two to three hours a day is not not bad. And remember, we are trustworthy people. We get a rich reward here and the now. But if we want quick riches, like the lottery or something, or pour a lot of money into the lottery, I'm not talking about five, ten bucks a week, or something, but when you pour your your resources from your house and your check into quick riches, it's easier for you to use that money and go buy yourself a brand new Bible and a desk, and do what we're doing here, reading the Word of God, put it in an anchored podcast, and get it out to the world. That while the people who are driving, taking care of their babies, their cares. They're wonderfully getting the word of God in their hearts and they're thankful and we bless them. We ask you, God, may you bless them, bless them with youthfulness, fill their resources, fill their houses with love and resources, fill their treasuries, Lord God, fill their their cabinets full of food, Lord, and strength and glory and honor for your people, Lord God. For Jesus, you paid it with the blood, with his blood. He paid the price for you to have a serene life, to go out there and shine and be the salt of the world. Jesus paid the price for us to do that. We don't have to go through extreme trials and tribulations and violence and so forth. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Hook up to his promise of salvation and victory. The Lord has gotten victory for us. Amen. He's given us the keys of the kingdom. Let's take them and let's, let's join in the procession of the army of the Lord. God bless you, wonderful water of God. Let's bless the blood, bless the water, and bless the words of our Lord and Father, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. May the Lord bless you again and keep you and establish you and be small on you. And have fun with your Lord today. Let us have fun with the Lord this day. In Jesus' name. Amen.